So good morning. Uh, thanks for that song, Musos and uh, Wes, for explaining to us. Isn't it cool to actually not just come to church and listen to the preacher and sing songs that someone else is uh, leading us in, but actually to have a part to play? Isn't that cool? Yeah? They're amazing. I didn't pray for anyone this morning next to them. So how cool is this? The testimonies? That's your fruit. Isn't that amazing? Hey? Wow, wow. Sandy, come say hello quick. <laughs> There's a mark there. Hi, good morning, guys. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Um, just before I, I, I say anything about where we have been and all that, there's something that is in my mind that I always think about. I always imagine in heaven when the praise comes from earth, my mind just goes and say, everything stops and says, wait, 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 wait. Mm. There's praise happening there. Listen That's to good. them. And why is that? This is my thinking. It's because us here on earth, we're still undergoing a lot of trouble, persecution, da 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 da, da all the bad things that happen to all of us. Mm. Now, I think when heaven hears the voices of our praises in this situation, because remember up there, they are sorted, it's cool, it's nice, you see, so they can praise. And, and, and. So when, when this thing comes from us, I think it's a sweet melody, it's a sweet aroma. Let us keep it up. Mm. Now, Paul says, in, 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 in check, you've been on short time, hey? Okay, so all right, okay, okay. Yeah, I've been, so you see, because I've been denied of the, of, of the mic, whatever was going. So I'd stand there, you know, I want to say something, but I can't. But here it's home, so That's I right. can do it here. Because this is home, mm. I, I have freedom here, and I'm happy to see you, and, 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 Take it as, as, as a word that I'm bringing. I'm an insider, outsider. <laughs> you understand? So I'm bringing this word, and here is this word. This word is like, we share in the sufferings of Christ, but we also share in all his compassion and comfort. You see, the Bible calls him in Second Corinthians, the God of all compassion and comfort. Now, he's narrating this story of how it has been hard for him in the province of Asia. Da, 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 da. But here's the punchline. All this hardship happened so that we may not rely on our own strength, mm. but on God. It's for you. Very good. Whatever is happening, whatever has happened, regardless of whose fault it has been, remember this word. So that you may rely on him. Right, we, for, for, for the past five weeks we've been away, uh, we felt a strong edge lately. Now that we're getting older, we said, God, 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 you've called us for something more. And we said, no, let's take time out. Let's listen carefully. Let us learn, let us observe, let us hear. So we've been visiting various churches. We started at uh, Harvest Day in Rudeport. We had a great time. The second week we were Cosmo at Cosmo City. We, we had an awesome time. The third week we were at uh, Urban Life. Life. We were at Urban Life. 
And then? Which is Midrand, eh? Urban life in Midrand, yes. And then we went to the base in, in Krugersdorp. And last week we were at uh, Gateway in Alex. So you see, we have not been banking church. <laughs> I've accounted for all the five weeks. This is week number six, and we are here. <laughs> so the journey has been very good. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're so excited about what we see, the different styles of leadership, the, the worship, the freedom, and all that, which is something, by the way, that I must commend you for. And here, one thing I must say, and then I give over to Zandile. There's one thing that you guys, you beat all these churches that I've uh, counted on. You spot the visitors. You go running to them. You hug them. You ask them. That, you beat all of them on that. Keep it up. Amen. Very good. <laughs> Morning, everyone. Um, it's good to be home. Good to be back. Um, in the five weeks that we've been away, God is really speaking. Uh, but what I have seen is the impact um, of the word of God mm. in the communities outside. Um, not us being together, uh, just a group of, you know, whatever friends for a couple of hours in a, during the week. But the impact that you see out there of the word of God being preached and how it transforms people. So it's a challenge to all of us as we are here to say, what am I doing outside church? How am I bringing the word of God outside church and changing people's lives. It's, it is still a journey for us. We are excited. It's been an interesting one. Uh, we're learning quite a lot of things um, uh, that we didn't know and some maybe we had forgotten at the back of our minds. But I'm, all I'm asking is that we continue praying, asking God to guide and to lead us and for us to really listen to his voice that and when we go um, we are able to change the world, to transform. It's not only Huawei and I, but all of us Good. here, God has called each one of us. So how, what are we doing to transform? What are we doing to change the lives of people out there? Using the Bible, using the word of God that he has given us. So it's a challenge to all of us. It's very good. Cool. So if you don't know Wawa and Zandi, Wawa is on eldership with me, and they have a heart to plant, and so they taken some time. We've released them from every Sunday, as you've heard, so they can uh, go look at how you do church in different communities. And uh, then they'll be back in the new year, and we'll chart the future uh, together. But as you heard, they are uh, really uh, making the most of, of the opportunity, which is amazing. So today, we celebrate at one o'clock our volunteers. So if you're a volunteer, if you have a role here at Grace Club, please stand. So if you've done something here at Grace Cove this year, then you can stand. Right. I don't know why everyone's like standing so slowly. The youngsters are like, uh, should I, shouldn't I, should I? I don't know why. But okay, so everyone now standing, the last chance, eh? going once, going twice. If you're sitting, give them a round of applause, please. <laughs> and if you're sitting, I want to ask you, why are you still sitting? <laughs> Next year, all right, here's your chance, next year. All right, you can turn with me in your Bibles, please, to, to Luke chapter 14. 
We've just concluded a sermon series talking about the five solas, which has been amazing. Uh, other guys, as well as me, have preached. I've loved being part of it, about uh, getting a renewed confidence and strength in our faith. Richard uh, preached about golf last week, and he was in the first meeting. And in the second meeting, he's playing golf. So he's gone. <laughs> he told us last week that the battle is real, as we have sung about this morning. And... Um, he helped us understand that we apply the confidence in our faith every into our everyday lives, and I'll touch on that uh, in a moment as we as we go. But um, I want to ask you if us if you read the slide there and it says "better off in January," is that a phrase that you're familiar with? Anyone heard that before? "Better off in January." Look at that, Caitlin. You put your hand up. I like it. Yeah, just wave at me, Sana. Okay, a couple of familiar faces. Right. Now, we've said this. This is the 3rd November, December that I've spoken about better off next January. Can I tell your story? You're nodding at me. So, okay. Moving along, you can ask Esther at, Esther at uh, Coffee what story I can't tell you about. She won't let me. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So we've said for three years, better off next January. And I'm not just warning you to start preparing a good New Year's resolution. Uh, you know, a good one. And we all know how New Year's resolutions go, right? Beginning of the year, we said, I'm going to do all of this stuff. I'm going to eat all the lettuce in the world, or I'm going to, I don't know, brush my teeth twice a day. Whatever the big thing that you want to change your life is, we set our New Year's resolution and it normally lasts if we're lucky till the end of January, right? So we start well and then... The rest of the year goes downhill. I'm not talking about that this morning. What I'm saying is that you and I have the opportunity to set up in November, December, how January will be. And then year on year, we have the opportunity to build. Because we're not just holding on till Jesus comes back, are we? Holding on by our kind of skin of our teeth. Jesus, please return because it's terrible on earth. I just want to go to heaven. Yeah? We're actually saying, Jesus, you can use me. You can make this time until you come fruitful. And so I want to set up, I want to make some choices so that January is better than last year, January. And how I act now will determine what January is like. You with me? So we say better off next January. So Luke chapter 14, we'll read from verse 28, please. Luke 14, 28. And uh, Dwayne, you can give us that next slide. So suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Is this passage familiar? And the next one, thanks, Dwayne. So there we have Luke 14. We'll read from verse uh, 28. It says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Now remember, Richard spoke about the battle being real. Verse 31, Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose one coming against him with 20,000? So here we have it. If anyone is planning to build a new house, the message says that the... The, the Greek implies building a tower. Doesn't he first sit down and figure the cost so you'll know if you can complete it? Anyone drive past a half-completed building uh, on their normal commute? Yeah? 
We come from Margate. I remember even on the school bus, we used to catch the bus home, took forever. And uh, some guy, if, you, if you've been down south from Paradise, there was this, this half-built um, uh, holiday resort. And every day, morning and, and evening, I, morning and afternoon, I drive past there looking at this thing. And you wonder to yourself, what went wrong? The building's standing, the, the, the raw concrete, it's starting to collapse. Um, when we moved here, just uh, around the corner from Moraleta, uh, Delmas Road, there's a half-finished shopping center. And uh, I've heard various rumors about why it's like that and who did what to whom. But you drive past it, it's the, the rebar is sticking out, it's starting to rust. It. I mean, you, after enough years, Howard, am I right? After enough years, you can't just go and patch it up and put a roof on, am I right? After enough years, you've actually got to destroy what is left and start from scratch. Am I right? That's Howard's field of expertise. I just want to make sure I'm not lying to you. But the point is, you drive past a half-finished building, you look at that, you go, yo, I wonder, you know, what went wrong? Gents, can I ask you? Anyone got any half-finished jobs on your list? Anyone? Go on, confess your sins. In the first meeting, one of the wives put her hand up for her husband. After a while, it gets a little embarrassing, doesn't it? You know, you can only move that thing so many times when visitors come, and eventually you've just got to own it. Yeah, that chipped mug that always gets to, you know, the mother-in-law when she comes here. You know, after a while, you actually just got to own that, yes, you live with a chipped mug. So this year has been a tough year for Colette and I. First six months of the year, I was incredibly sick. Colette had back issues. and But we started the year. We said we've got a nice holiday at home. Ah, oh, man, we had assorted lists. We were going to do some stuff in the garden. We were going to do some stuff in the house. We love to do home renovations. I had a long list. I didn't get to do one of them. They've mocked me. That, that patch of sand in our garden that we had great plans for is still a patch of sand. Uh, poor old Solly has had to make sure that it's nice and tidy and pull the weeds because we haven't got any further for all year. I tell you, that thing's mocked me. Uh, now that we're coming to face another December, I'm thinking, yo, yay and act. This thing, we've got to, we, we can't just leave this half done anymore because you look silly after a while. And so the Bible here says, suppose someone wants to build a tower. Wouldn't you first sit down? <laughs> first sit down. This is serious business. First sit down, estimate the cost, and see if you have enough money to complete it. We'll talk a little bit more about that. If you, we didn't read verse 27, maybe you started there, but if you skip back up to verse 27, it's, which is the verse before what we've read, it says, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. The context of this tower verse is Jesus talking to those that would be Christians and follow him. And so this is a robust passage. This is in your face. Jesus never said, if I could suggest, if you wouldn't mind, just following your heart. Because surely all good things come from the heart. And once in a while, we might cross paths and chat. Then you can be my disciple. Does Jesus say that? Do what you feel. We'll be fine. Does he ever say that? No, no. He's quite strong. This is a very strong passage. He says, you cannot be part of me unless, I mean, these are strict uh, words he uses. In fact, it goes on to say, verse 33, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, 
you have cannot be my disciples. Is there any ambiguity in those words? <laughs> it's pretty clear, right? So Jesus is speaking firmly around the response that you and I uh, need to have. Uh, you can give us that next slide there, Dwayne. Thank you. So Psalm 84, verse 5 and verse 7, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. It says, they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. There is this progressiveness. God wants us to move on in Him. He wants us to attempt, to consider, to risk, and be victorious with Him. So we've had a look at our, at our uh, proof text this morning, Luke chapter 14 from verse 28. It says a couple of things. There's a couple of things that happen in this verse. You can give us that next slide. First of all, Jesus says, if you're going to build a tower, you need to consider. You need to consider. You know, they say, if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. Have you ever had one of those days where you don't have many, um, uh, 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 what's the word, many to-dos? Have you, have you had a day re recently, the last few months? Maybe it's like a Saturday, like, like an Oasis Saturday. There's no sport. You've got groceries. Some of you are like, what are you talking about, Craig? We don't what, what language are you talking? Because we don't understand. But you've just got this whole day. Uh, Fred Delay, remember he preached here, he leads the church in Paris. He, he loves to call it a pajama day. It's like you can stay in your pajamas until you're so sick and tired of those pajamas. After lunch, you have to get out and put clothes on. You know, you're not going anywhere. You don't have visitors. You've got no deadlines. It's just a day to relax. Have you ever did, had a day like that recently? It's beautiful, but you get to the end of the day, you go like, where did that day go? You kind of think, did I even get the most out of that day? Because it kind of came and went. And like, phew, hey. And so Jesus says, if you're going to build a tower, number one, you need to consider, you need to choose what you're going to aim at. Because when we don't aim at anything, it's like we get nowhere. Yeah? My, one of my favorite quotes from Alice in Wonderland, the, the, uh, Alice says to the, uh, uh, is it to the Cheshire cat, she says, well, which way should I go? So he says, well, that depends where you want to get to. She says, well, it doesn't really matter where I get to. He says, well, then it doesn't really matter where you go. Who likes window shopping at the mall? You can wander around the mall all day and just look in the windows, apparently. Apparently. Yeah? It's a lot more fun when you've got some money in your pocket and you can actually go home with something, right? But if you just wander around aimlessly, it's really not so cool. And so Jesus says, you've got to consider where you want to aim. What is it that you want to accomplish? My friend Amor. You see, many of us have set our sights and set them quite high. But if you don't set your sights, you don't know where you're going. What's the point? Why put up with constraints on your life if you haven't got somewhere that's worthwhile going? They say nothing of value comes for free. These fancy, clever... Um, uh, so, so, so business, you produce a product or a service, you find a customer, and then you make a profit, right? That's how business works, I think, okay? And so this guy says, if you're on the internet and you're not paying a service, it means that you then are the product that someone else is making a profit from. So you know Facebook, which is free? 
WhatsApp and Twitter and all of those is free? Is it free? Is it free? They're busy learning about you and me and our purchasing habits. Have you ever wondered why when you Google something, all of a sudden it pops up on Facebook ads? Hey? The scariest thing is Colette and I were talking about uh, backpack, backpacks a few months ago. I was Googling backpacks on my computer. Next thing you know, in her um, advert feed, backpacks pop up. How does Google know? How does Google know? My point is this. <laughs> if we're not focused, we consider, where are we going? So consider, where do you want to aim? The second thing is to quantify. You've got to sit down and estimate. Have I got what it takes? I mean, I could tell you, man, I'm considering becoming an opera singer. Have you, have you ever watched those, um, those idol shows in the early rounds? Have you ever seen those, those people that turn up and try and sing? I just think, have they not got family or friends? Has no one ever told them that maybe singing's not their thing? Shame. Yeah? So here I am. I'm considered, I've considered, I want to become an opera singer. That's my deal. I'm going to, I don't know, pack this ministry thing in. I'm going to become an opera singer. That's how it's going to work. Yeah? Then I've got to quantify. Have I got what it takes? Now, maybe you, if you've heard me sing, maybe you could hazard a guess, right? Better stick with preaching. Yeah? Sit down and estimate. Have I got the wherewithal, the resources? The second thing is, you, or the third thing is, you figure out the cost. And I love this. How do we know the cost? It's you arrange according to what you value. Who went shopping at Black Friday? One, you guys are much more spiritual than the first meeting. Is like, <laughs> can I make a suggestion? It's not too late to send it back. <laughs> For those of us that shopped on Good Friday, I hope it was because you had cash in your pocket. Not just, right? So we arrange in value. When my family, even when, when my kids, when, when we're allocating a certain amount of money, whatever, anything more than like 100 rand. If we're going to make, a, make a, a, an expense of 100 rand or more, because 100 rand is quantifiable, right? We ask ourselves, okay, if I'm going to spend 100 on this thing, what else could I spend 100 on? And let's compare the value of those things. Because if it's a significant amount of money, you can only spend it once. So make sure you're getting the best that you can from that money. So you consider what you're going to do. You quantify it. How do I know whether I'm getting closer or further away? The third one is cost. You arrange according to value. Do I value whatever it is enough to embrace the cost? The fourth one is to count. What will it take? What will it take? How do I know whether I'm getting there? If you're going down to the beach for holiday, if you have children, what do they say after five minutes of leaving the house? Dad, are we there yet? Yeah? No sooner do you leave the Ultra City and one of the other kids, I need that bathroom. Yeah? Hey? <laughs> How You've got to be able to count. This one is complete. To arrive at a preferred destination. To arrive at a preferred destination. You know, there's only two passages in the whole Bible that speak about building a tower. Only two. We've read one of them together. Anyone want to guess at what the other one is? There we go. The Tower of 
Babel, where Babylon comes from. Sometimes people say the Tower of Babel because that was the net result. They got confused language. So let's turn there in Genesis eleven fourteen. And Dwayne, you can give us that next slide. Genesis eleven fourteen. So the only other men- mention of building a tower is here. Genesis 14, and um, it says here from verse 1, Genesis 14, verse 1, it says the whole world had one language and common speech. As a people, they moved eastward. They found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make. Notice the effort involved. Let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Just think this thing through. Nothing they plan to do. Remember I said, consider, quantify, cost, count, complete. Nothing they plan to do will be impossible. This is God speaking. Verse 7 says, come let us go down, confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. You know what's so interesting? Is that from Genesis 1, God created God created the earth, and the intention was to fill the earth, to multiply and fill the whole earth. What happens? That man gets thrown out of the Garden of, of, of Eden. They move eastward, which is normally towards exile. And what does mankind do? Instead of filling the earth, they say, let's settle in one place where we can look after each other and be self-sufficient, where we can make a name for ourselves and not have to try, rely on God. It's amazing. So this group of people had a common language. They agreed to a common purpose. Let's build a tower. Let's make a city. They put common effort in. They were inv- willing. They were willing to invest. Sorry, the language there of energies and resources towards the same goal. So I want to say to you this morning: Let's be better off next January. You know, this time of year is an amazing time to reset. If you get to go on. Some leave, you might have a little bit more time. If you're working, nevertheless, when it comes to the close of one year, we start to think back. We consider what's happened this year. We've liked and not liked. When we look forward, we have the same story. We can plan for the new year. It's a great time to discard our baggage and travel lighter. It's a great time to build some positive momentum for the new year. Don't really give us that next slide. And before you do, let me ask, does anyone recognize this? I'm going to join the band next week. I'm going to, Wes is going to love me. This is the guitar for Guitar Hero. And uh, I'll show you a clip about, uh, from it this morning. It's a, it's a PlayStation game. And uh, you notice it's got no strings. You just push buttons and it's one, amazing. So let's have a look at this, uh, at this clip, Dwayne. Make them sound nice and loud.
Leslie looked like this morning on the base, right? If you check out on YouTube, there's like bags of these movies. These young guys that set their sights on being the best guitar hero, the greatest guitar hero there is. But you know what? I wonder every time I see something like this, can you imagine if he just put that much time and effort into playing a real guitar? I mean, he might even get a job. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we set our sights, we consider things, and then we pour energy and effort into these things, and sometimes then we're surprised when we arrive at that destination. We pour concern and fear and anxiety, and then we wonder when we arrive at the destination of anxiousness and unsettledness. We pour energy into fruitless um, pursuits. Now, if you're a guitar hero, God bless you. Um, but we can pour energy. Imagine that guy considered something else, a different tower to build. Just imagine, the, I mean, that's serious skill, right? That's energy and time. You put that much effort into something worthwhile, man, you're going to win, right? You can give us that next slide there, a little bit of fun. So they did a study of 48 colleges uh, in America. John Hopkins University is a very prestigious university. Of the nearly 8,000 people, they said 78% said their first goal was finding purpose and meaning to my life. In the five solas, we said glory to God alone. We said that in general terms, the purpose of every believer's life is to bring glory to God. And you and I each have different skills and a different makeup that we can use to accomplish that. And so this morning, I'm hoping just to maybe rattle our cages a little bit. I'm hoping just to disturb you enough to get you to think. You might not like some of my suggestions or even some of my ideas, and that's fine. I'm just asking you to think things through. Because right now, we are poised at an amazing opportunity to sink or swim by the time we get to January. Sink or swim. Remember, January is an expensive month, right? Yeah? There's always normally deposits if you have kids, it's school fees and it's uniforms and, 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 and if, you, if you have a uniform at work, you, it's an expensive time. But the problem with January is that it often is a low income month as well and it comes after December. So I'm wanting to holler at you this morning, say, wait, be careful. <laughs> danger, danger, Christmas is coming. Be very wise. So there's four areas that I would like to suggest. I would expect God would speak to you about some others uh, for yourself. But there are four areas that I'm wanting to ask us. What are we building? What are we building right now? Remember we said, whatever it is, let us consider. Is this valuable enough for me to pour my time and effort into? The second thing we said we need to quantify. How do I know what a Lord thing is? We said there will be a cost. And am I willing to pay that cost? The, the fifth thing we said, we want to count the cost. And then finally, we want to complete the building. So the first one is this. The first one, I'm asking us, uh, what are we going to build? What are we going to build? Uh, Dwayne, you can give us that slide. Thank you. The first I want to talk about is money. Because, man, you and I sit poised with our money right now. I would like to suggest to you that maybe now you need to work out your expenses for December and January. Then look at your income expected for December and January. Subtract the one from the other. 
And that's the amount of money you've got for both Christmas and New Year. We want to be better off next January, right? We want to have less stress in January than we did in this January. Anyone would like that? Anyone found January 2019 stressful? Hopefully less stressful than 2018 because you heard this, me- this message a year ago. I-, I did. I told you just about a year ago, Colette and I sat down. We did our sums and we realized, man, the numbers were different to what we expected, right? And we committed ourselves. Like, that's what we've got. And God's been good to us. It's been a, uh, because of January, this year has been so different for us. I'm hoping next year for us as well. Earlier this year, we ran a course called Financial Peace University, and uh, we had a bunch of guys come, and we had such good feedback, we're going to do it again in February. And so, let me say this, the guys are nodding already that have done it. Let me say this, if you haven't done it, come in February. If you have done it, come for a refresher or send a friend. And uh, it's really been helpful. It's changed the way my family does our life. They did a study of over 10,000 millionaires in the States, and they figured out the easiest way to get to become wealthy is to get rid of debt. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's really like it's profound. You see, because most of us with our money, we're doing too many things at the same time. We're paying off a credit card, and we're buying a house, and we're investing for the future, and we, you know, we've, we're swapping for Christmas. Focused everywhere. It's amazing. We build one tower at a time. So I'm just asking you over this time, man, think about your money because it'll change your January. Really will. Makes no difference to me. (laughs) I'm going to be doing these things myself. I'm asking that we do them. Makes no difference, but you can have peace. You know, one of the, the families that came through Financial Peace University said this, it hasn't just helped my finances, but it's helped my marriage too. There's another one that's nodding. I won't tell you who they are. But it's amazing how when you suddenly get on the same page with your bucks, it's like, man, you get on better with your spouse. It's like we're in agreement already. They said we're now on the same page, pursuing the same goals, talking about the same things to be prioritized. Someone else said it's changed our approach to life. I don't know about you, but peace in the home is worth gold, right? Hey? (laughs) Yeah? Peace with your finances is, man, you can't pay for that stuff. So I want to encourage us this morning to consider, consider our finances. Consider our finances. You know, someone said that interest is the price we pay for impatience. Interest is the price we pay for impatience. I walked into a shop the other day. They wanted to sell me a coffee machine. I said, it's fine, I've got one. My coffee machine I've had for five years. It's, it, there's a new model, but it does the same thing. My machine is flying. You know, I saved for two years to get a coffee machine. Yes. Paying that coffee machine off over three years would have been very bitter. Right? So here's the deal. Interest is the price we pay of impatience. We commit our future income for today's pleasure. We ask ourselves, can I afford the payments? Instead of asking ourselves, can I afford the price. You know what happens in January? It's very common for people to buy new cars in January or at least upgrade your car. Hello? Now, I won't ask you to put your hand up because I don't know I can talk freely. I don't know of anyone planning to buy a new car here, so just relax. Can I suggest to you, come January, don't look at the payments for the car you want to buy. Look at the price 
of the car you want to buy. Can I suggest, just suggest that maybe you need and I need to work towards the next car or the next next car we pay, buy it cash. Maybe this car that you've got now, if it's paid off, it's a great car. I watched a news report in America. They've lengthened the higher purchase on cars to eight years. You know why? Because the average income can no longer afford the average sedan. Now, South Africa is seven years. It's not much better. Um, you know, in South Africa, the bank will give you up to 30% of your gross on a bond, a house loan, right? 30% of your gross. They'll also give you 20% of your gross income on your car payment. Can you, do, can you do the math? 30 plus 20 is half of your income. Gross. <laughs> Which means you probably, now let's just stick with it. That's, that's half of what you earn. Now if you're a Christian, 10% goes to your tithe. You're on 60% and you haven't even paid tax yet. The average income in Centurion is around 30 grand. The average income, now you probably instantly have caused you to stumble one way or the other, just by saying a number. But just stick with me. The average, apparently the average income is 30 grand. So three grand would go to your tithe, that leaves you with 27. About six grand would go to tax, that leaves you with 21. About six will go to your car if you've taken the 20%. That leaves you, uh, where am I? That leaves you with six. Your house, nine grand, 30%. That leaves you out of 30, it leaves you six to live on. You haven't bought groceries. You haven't put petrol in the car. Haven't paid school fees. You haven't paid for DSTV. You haven't gone to McDonald's yet. You understand why it's difficult to trust God with our money? You understand why it hurts so much to pay our tithe? Because we are in a pickle. Now just look at that. If you took the car payment out, your, your available income goes from 6 to 12, just like that. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. These 10,000 millionaires, they say, paid off their house in 10 years. You imagine not having a house payment in that budget. You would be a millionaire. You could go to McDonald's every night of the week until you have to go to the doctor. <laughs> All right, so can I encourage us to consider our money? What are we building? Can I encourage us to be asking this question that maybe, maybe you say, Craig, <laughs> brand new car, that's crazy. You know what a car costs? I do. Maybe you just need to buy one you can afford. Picking fights today, aren't I? All I'm asking is for us to think, I won't mock you for your car at all. I won't. This is real for my family, because one of these days, what happens if I want to buy a car? <laughs> Someone's going to say, Craig, didn't you preach? I'm not putting heavies. I'm asking us to think things through. Consider the tower that we're building. The best way to become wealthy is what? Get out of debt. Why do I want to become wealthy? So I can be generous. It can be a blessing. Maybe over this time, we need to be considering less things in debt more things in cash. What about number two, just before you hate me? Number two is the Bible. You can go to that slide again, that four, those four things, uh, Dwayne. 
I think it's the next one. There we go. So what will I build? What will I build with my money? What will I build with my Bible? Uh, you give us that next slide. If you are coming into December, this is the time. There's, uh, go to the slide with the U version on it. That's it. If you don't have this app on your phone, please get it. It's free. And the cool thing about version, give us that next slide, is it has piles of reading plans. And so you probably can't see this from here, but I frequently save plans that I will read at a later stage. So if something catches my interest, because what happens, you get to the end of this reading plan, you go, ah, oh, I don't really know what I'll read. Maybe next week, next week, next week. So I've got these all set up. Uh, do it with our kids as well. But uh, maybe this holiday is a chance for you to pick up a rhythm. Think it through. Consider. <laughs> maybe it's time to pick up a rhythm in our reading plan. Maybe you've been good in the past, but you've hit some potholes. Man, this time, imagine starting January with some wins on the board. So here's the deal. You know, if you read one chapter of Proverbs every day in a month, you'll have read the whole book of Proverbs. The whole book. If you read one book of Acts once a day in 28 days, you've read the whole book of Acts. You know, the cool thing is that uh, if you want to read the epistles, you know, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, those books, Many of them are between three and six chapters. You can read one chapter a day, and you can read two books in a, in a week. How cool is that? It'll make you feel like a hero. You see, because sometimes you just need some small victories to get us going, just some encouragements. When you pay off a small debt, you feel like a winner. You think, I can do this. When you get some small victories with our, with our Bibles, so encouraging. The third thing I want to ask, how are we building, is what about the call of God? Can you go back? Oh, go to the next slide there, Dwayne. Um, there we go. So we've spoken about money, Bible. What about our call? What about our call? Now you might say, oh, Craig, I'm not called. It's, the call of God is for spiritual people. It's not. It's for all of us. Uh, Psalm 139, it says, you've searched me, Lord. You know me. You're familiar with all my ways. Every day ordained for me was written in your book before one of them came to being. You might say, Craig, how do I, how do I figure out the call of God? You said, Big picture, bring glory to God. Great. Now, what does that mean? Four little questions will help you. The first is this. Ask yourself, what can only I do in this life? What can only I do in this life? You know, I'm just telling you, no one else in this world can be Colette's husband. That's my job, right? You can't even be a good husband for her. You can't be a better husband to help me. That's my job. No one else can be... a father to my two kids. There's certain things in this world that only I can do and only you can do. Only you have that cousin or that brother or that colleague. Only you sits in that desk every day of the week. What is it that only you can do? The second thing is what is it that only you can do in this season? Not the time for Andre to be teaching her how to drive the car yet. Yeah, she can't. Can she crawl? Almost. She can crawl. Milestone. Yeah, you understand there's a season. So what is it that only you can do in this season? The third thing is what is, what is it that only I can do in another? There's certain contacts that you have that no one else has. There's certain opportunities that only you will have with someone else that someone else won't, won't have. So what is it that you can do in another? And the last one is what is it that Jesus has asked me to do? I'm hoping, man, this time, we can be better off next January just because I've looked at the mount, the, 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 the wall, the tower that is my money, the tower that is my Bible. The tower is the call of God in my life. And the last one 
is serving. Serving, you know, the Bible is full of fruits. Galatians chapter 5 speaks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, patience, kindness, you know the drill. It's like if a Christian follows Jesus, fruit should come out of our life. The, the, uh, we read about the farmer who went out to sow, and it says where he sowed good seed and it fell in good ground. What happened? He reaped a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 fold. I would like you to consider, what am I building in the area of service? It's so cool. We're having a, a volunteers thank you lunch today. There's going to be all sorts of brying and stuff. You know, there's nearly 100 people we're thanking that have served this year. Oh, amazing. But my point is this. Would you consider where you will serve? Where will you sow and reap from next year? Where will you serve? It might be here inside of the kind of meetings of Grace Cup. It might be outside doing other things. You heard Sabello talk about, I wake up at a stupid hour and pray with some friends. That's an amazing service, right? Some will be inside of church. Some will be outside of church. But I'm asking, where will we serve? Consider where I need to serve. We've got all sorts of new um, adventures planned for the new year here at Grace Cup. All sorts of new endeavors and, and new people doing new things. But it will take some people to serve. It will take some more lounges that we can have life groups in. It will take some more lifts for the teenagers to get where we want to send them. It will take some meals. It will take some cakes. It will take some beds and spare rooms. It will take some caring. The other point is that church can be very satisfactionless. If the pinnacle of my Sunday is going somewhere and sitting on a chair, you know, when it's up to you, there's a thrill, <laughs> there's a panic, but there's such um, satisfaction. When you know that unless God comes through, I stand no chance. Man, that's when church, that's when here takes off. That's when Christianity, wherever I am, takes off because I've got skin in the game. If you were here last week, you heard Richard saying, such a privilege to be a preacher, but at the same time, the lead up to the preaching, you get tested every time. <laughs> now when you, when this is your life on the line, it's make or break, I want to invite you to actually make a contribution somewhere in this life so that when you say, man, I was part of that. So I'm asking us this morning, what will we build? What will we build? You can build anything you want to, but for goodness sakes, build something. I've given you four ideas. Build with your money, build with your Bible, build with your call, build with your service. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit will speak to you many other ways as well. There might be other priorities. Maybe these are good, and then you want to add some others. But you can set up now. Don't hit a pot all over Christmas. You can set up now so that January comes around. You say, man, yes, I was good last January, but I'm better this January. And next January will be even better. Let's pray together. Father, man, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be very wise with those things that we value. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to consider those things that you're putting in front of us. We've looked at some examples. I think there are many, Lord. And I pray that you, God, would talk to your people about what it is we should build. What's the, we don't want to do a half job. We want to start well but not finish. Jesus, we want to have the satisfaction, the encouragement of getting some wins, some runs on the board that will encourage us to take on even more. I pray in Jesus' name. Father, for those of us 
that have somehow got out of your word, help us to get back in with regularity. Father, for those of us that are not sure what we should do, God, have you called me that we would hear your voice saying, this is what you can do. Those of us, Lord, that, that would really love to serve but just not quite sure, I pray you'd show us, Lord, where we can make a difference. Father, for those of us with our money, this money thing can actually distract us so easily. I pray, God, that you'd help us to consider wisely. Help us, help us, Lord, to trust you and to put you first. And then, Lord, even as we pray, Jesus, I think you're placing into people's hearts whatever the priority for them is. And I would pray for each one of us, Lord, we would respond well to those things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. There's some tea and coffee in the courtyard, something cool to drink as well. Have a great week. If you're one of the volunteers, we'll see you at 1 o'clock. Um, right, so Craig is going to bring the word for us. Perfect, Craig. So good morning. Uh, thanks for that song, Musos and uh, Wes, for explaining to us. Isn't it cool to actually not just come to church and listen to the preacher and sing songs that someone else is uh, leading us in, but actually to have a part to play? Isn't that cool? Yeah, They're amazing. I didn't pray for anyone this morning next to them. So, how cool is this? The testimonies, that's your fruit. Isn't that amazing? Hey, wow, wow. Sandy, come say hello, quick. <laughs> There's a mic there. Hi, good morning, guys. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Um, just before I, I, I say anything about where we have been and all that, there's something that is in my mind that I always think about. I always imagine in heaven when the praise comes from earth. My mind just goes and say, everything stops and says, wait, 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 wait. Mm. There's praise happening there. Listen That's to good. them. And why is that? This is my thinking. It's because us here on earth, we're still undergoing a lot of trouble, persecution, da 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 all the bad things that happen to all of us. Mm. Now, I think when heaven hears the voices of our praises in this situation, because remember up there, they are sorted, it's cool, it's nice, you see, so they can praise. And, and, and. So when, when this thing comes from us, I think it's a sweet melody, it's a sweet aroma. Let us keep it up. Now, the, Paul says, in, 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 Patrick, you've been on short time, hey? I've, okay, so all right, okay, okay. Yeah, I've been, so you see, because I've been denied of the, of, of the mic, whatever <laughs> I was going. So I'd stand there, you know, I want to say something, but I can't. But here it's home, so That's I right. can do it here. Because this is home, mm. I, I have freedom here, and I'm happy to see you, and, 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 Take it as, as, as a word that I'm bringing. I'm an insider, outsider. <laughs> you understand? So I'm bringing this word, and here is this word. This word is like, we share in the sufferings of Christ, but we also share in all his compassion and comfort. You see, the Bible calls him in Second Corinthians, the God of all compassion 
and comfort. Now he's narrating this story of how it has been hard for him in the province of Asia. Da, 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 da. But here's the punchline. All this hardship happened so that we may not rely on our own strength, but on God. It's for you. Very good. Whatever is happening, whatever has happened, regardless of whose fault it has been, remember this word, so that you may rely on him. Right, we, for, for, for the past five weeks we've been away, uh, we felt a strong edge lately. Now that we're getting older, we thought, God, 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 you've called us for something more. And we said, no, let's take time out. Let's listen carefully. Let us learn. Let us observe. Let us hear. So we've been visiting various churches. We started at uh, Harvest Day in Rudeport. We had a great time. The second week we were at Cosmo City. We, we had an awesome time. The third week we were at Urban Life. We're at Urban Life. And then? Which is Madrid, eh? Urban Life in Madrid, yes. And then we went to the base in, in Krugersdorp. And last week we were at uh, Gateway in Alex. So you see, we have not been banking church. <laughs> I've accounted for all the five weeks. This is week number six, and we are here. <laughs> so the journey has been very good. I mean, yeah, yeah, we're so excited about what we see, the different styles of leadership, the, the worship, the freedom, and all that, which is something, by the way, that I must commend you for. And here, one thing I must say, and then I give over to Zandile. There's one thing that you guys, you beat all these churches that I've uh, counted on. You spot the visitors. You go running to them. You hug them. You ask them that you beat all of them on that. Keep it up. Amen. Very good. Morning, everyone. Um, it's good to be home. Good to be back. Um, in the five weeks that we've been away, God is really speaking. Uh, but what I have seen is the impact um, of the word of God mm. in the communities outside. Um, not us being together, uh, just a group of, you know, whatever friends for a couple of hours in a, during the week. But the impact that you see out there of the word of God being preached and how it transforms people. So it's a challenge to all of us as we are here to say, what am I doing outside church? How am I bringing the word of God outside church and changing people's lives? It's, it is still a journey for us. We are excited. It's been an interesting one. Uh, we're learning quite a lot of things um, uh, that we didn't know and some maybe we had forgotten at the back of our minds. But I'm, all I'm asking is that we continue praying asking God to guide and to lead us and for us to really listen to his voice that and when we go, um, we're able to change the world, to transform. It's not only Huawei and I, but all of us Good. here, God has called each one of us. So how, what are we doing to transform? What are we doing to change the lives of people out there? Using the Bible, using the word of God that he has given us. So it's a challenge to all of us. Very Good. So if you don't know Wawa and Zandi, Wawa is on eldership with me, and they have a heart to plant, and so they've taken some time. We've released them 
from every Sunday, as you've heard, so they can uh, go look at how do you do church in different communities, and uh, then they'll be back in the new year, and we'll chart the future uh, together. But as you heard, they are uh, really uh, making the most of, op- of the opportunity, which is amazing. So today, we celebrate at one o'clock our volunteers. So if you're a volunteer, if you have a role here at Grace Club, please stand. So if you've done something here at Grace Club this year, then you can stand. Right. I don't know why everyone's like standing so slowly. The youngsters are like, uh, should I, shouldn't I, should I? I don't know why. But okay, so everyone now standing, the last chance, eh? going once, going twice. If you're sitting, give them a round of applause, please. <laughs> and if you're sitting, I want to ask you, why are you still sitting? <laughs> Next year, all right, here's your chance next year. All right, you can turn with me in your Bibles, please, to to Luke chapter 14. We've just concluded a sermon series talking about the five solas, which has been amazing. Uh, Other guys, as well as me, have preached. I've loved being part of it, about uh, getting a renewed confidence and strength in our faith. Richard uh, preached about golf last week, and he was in the first meeting. And in the second meeting, he's playing golf. So he's gone. He told us last week that the battle is real, as we have sung about this morning. And um, he, he helped us understand that we apply the confidence in our faith every, into our everyday lives. And I'll touch on that uh, in a moment as we, as we go. But um, I want to ask you, if, I, if you read the slide there and it says, better off in January, is that a phrase that you're familiar with? Anyone heard that before? Better off in January. Look at that, Caitlin. You put your hand up. I like it. Yeah, just wave at me so I know. Okay, a couple of familiar faces. Right. Now, we've said this. This is the 3rd November, December that I've spoken about better off next January. Can I tell your story? You're nodding at me. So, okay. Moving along, you can ask Esther at, Esther at uh, coffee what story I can't tell you about. She won't let me. But... Uh, <laughs> So we've said for three years, better off next January. And I'm not just warning you to start preparing a good New Year's resolution. You know, a good one. And we all know how New Year's resolutions go, right? Beginning of the year, we said, I'm going to do all of this stuff. I'm going to eat all the lettuce in the world, or I'm going to, I don't know, brush my teeth twice a day. Whatever the big thing that you want to change your life is, we set our New Year's resolution and it normally lasts if we're lucky till the end of January, right? So we start well and then... The rest of the year goes downhill. I'm not talking about that this morning. What I'm saying is that you and I have the opportunity to set up in November, December, how January will be. And then year on year, we have the opportunity to build. Because we're not just holding on till Jesus comes back, are we? Holding on by our kind of skin of our teeth. Jesus, please return because it's terrible on earth. I just want to go to heaven. Yeah? We're actually saying, Jesus, you can use me. You can make this time until you come fruitful. And so I want to set up, I want to make some choices so that January is better than last year, January. And how I act now will determine what January is like. You with me? So we say better off next January. So Luke chapter 14, we'll read from verse 28, please. Luke 14, 28. And uh, Dwayne, you can give us that next slide. So suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Is this passage familiar? 
And the next one, thanks, Dwayne. So there we have Luke 14. We'll read from verse uh, 28. It says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Now remember, Richard spoke about the battle being real. Verse 31, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose one coming against him with 20,000? So here we have it. If anyone is planning to build a new house, the message says that the, the, the Greek implies building a tower. Doesn't he first sit down and figure the cost so you'll know if you can complete it? Anyone drive past a half-completed building uh, on their normal commute? Yeah? We come from Margate. I remember even on the school bus, we used to catch the bus home, took forever. And uh, some guy, if, you, if you've been down south from Paradise, there was this, this half-built um, uh, holiday resort. And every day, morning and, and evening, I, morning and afternoon, I drive past there looking at this thing. And you wonder to yourself, what went wrong? The building's standing, the, the, the raw concrete, it's starting to collapse. Um, when we moved here, just uh, around the corner from Moraleta, uh, Delmas Road, there's a half-finished shopping center. And uh, I've heard various rumors about why it's like that and who did what to whom. But you drive past that, it's the, the rebar is sticking out, it's starting to rust. It's, I mean, you, after enough years, Howard, am I right? After enough years, you can't just go and patch it up and put a roof on, am I right? After enough years, you've actually got to destroy what is left and start from scratch. Am I right? That's Howard's field of expertise. I just want to make sure I'm not lying to you. But the point is, you drive past a half-finished building, you look at that, you go, yo, I wonder, you know, what went wrong? Gents, can I ask you? Anyone got any half-finished jobs on your list? Anyone? Go on, confess your sins. In the first meeting, one of the wives put her hand up for her husband. After a while, it gets a little embarrassing, doesn't it? You know, you can only move that thing so many times when visitors come, and eventually you've just got to own it. Yeah, that chip mug that always gets to, you know, the mother-in-law when she comes here. You know, after a while, you've actually just got to own that, yes, you live with a chipped mug. So this year has been a tough year for Colette and I. First six months of the year, I was incredibly sick. Colette had back issues. and uh, But we started the year. We said we've got a nice holiday at home. Ah, oh, man, we had a sorted list. We were going to do some stuff in the garden. We were going to do some stuff in the house. We love to do home renovations. I had a long list. I didn't get to do one of them. They've mocked me. That, that patch of sand in our garden that we had great plans for is still a patch of sand. Uh, poor old Solly has had to make sure that it's nice and tidy and pull the weeds because we haven't got any further for all year. I tell you, that thing's mocked me. Uh, now that we're coming to face another December, I'm thinking, yo, yay and at this thing, we've got to, we, we can't just leave this half done anymore because you look silly after a while. And so the Bible here says, Suppose someone wants to build a tower. Wouldn't you first sit down? <laughs> first sit down. This is serious business. First sit down, estimate the cost, and see if you have enough money to complete it. We'll talk a little bit more 
about that. If you, we didn't read verse 27, maybe you started there, but if you skip back up to verse 27, it's, which is the verse before what we've read, it says, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. The context of this tower verse is Jesus talking to those that would be Christians and follow him. And so this is a robust passage. This is an in-your-face. Jesus never said, if I could suggest, if you wouldn't mind, just following your heart, because surely all good things come from the heart, and once in a while we might cross paths and chat, then you can be my disciple. Does Jesus say that? Do what you feel, we'll be fine. Does he ever say that? No, no, he's quite strong. This is a very strong passage. He says, you cannot be part of me unless, I mean, these are strict uh, words he uses. In fact, it goes on to say, verse 33, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Is there any ambiguity in those words? (laughs) It's pretty clear, right? So Jesus is speaking firmly around the response that you and I Uh, need to have. Uh, You can give us that next slide there, Dwayne. Thank you. So Psalm 84, verse 5 and verse 7, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. It says they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. There is this progressiveness. God wants us to move on in Him. He wants us to attempt, to consider, to risk, and be victorious with him. So we've had a look at our, at our uh, proof text this morning, Luke chapter 14 from verse 28. It says a couple of things. There's a couple of things that happen in this verse. You can give us the next slide. First of all, Jesus says, if you're going to build a tower, you need to consider. You need to consider. You know, they say, if you aim at nothing, You're going to hit it every time. Have you ever had one of those days where you don't have many, um, uh, 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 what's the word, many to-dos? Have you you had a day recently, the last few months? Maybe it's like a Saturday, like like an Oasis Saturday. There's no sport. You've got groceries. Some of you are like, what are you talking about, Craig? We don't know what language are you talking because we don't understand. But you've just got this whole day. Uh, Fred Delay, remember he preached here, he leads the church in Paris. He, he loves to call it a pajama day. It's like you can stay in your pajamas until you're so sick and tired of those pajamas. After lunch, you have to get out and put clothes on. You know, you're not going anywhere. You don't have visitors. You've got no deadlines. It's just a day to relax. Have you ever did, had a day like that recently? It's beautiful, but you get to the end of the day, you go like, where did that day go? You kind of think, did I even get the most out of that day? Because it kind of came and went. And like, hey. And so Jesus says, if you're going to build a tower, number one, you need to consider, you need to choose what you're going to aim at. Because when we don't aim at anything, it's like we get nowhere. Yeah? My, one of my favorite quotes from Alice in Wonderland, the, the, uh, Alice says to the, uh, uh, is it to the Cheshire cat? She says, well, which way should I go? So he says, well, that depends where you want to get to. She says, well, it doesn't really matter where I get to. He says, well, then it doesn't really matter where you go. Who likes window shopping at the mall? You can wander around the mall all day and just look in the windows, apparently. 
apparently. Yeah? It's a lot more fun when you've got some money in your pocket and you can actually go home with something, right? But if you just wander around aimlessly, it's really not so cool. And so Jesus says you've got to consider where you want to aim. What is it that you want to accomplish? My friend Amor. You see, many of us have set our sights and set them quite high. But if you don't set your sights, you don't know where you're going. What's the point? Why put up with constraints on your life if you haven't got somewhere that's worthwhile going? They say nothing of value comes for free. These fancy, clever, um, uh, so, so, so business, you produce a product or a service, you find a customer, and then you make a profit, right? That's how business works, I think, okay? And so this guy says, if you're on the internet and you're not paying a service, it means that you then are the product that someone else is making a profit from. So you know Facebook, which is free? WhatsApp and Twitter and all of those, free? Is it free? Is it free? They're busy learning about you and me and our purchasing habits. Have you ever wondered why when you Google something, all of a sudden it pops up on Facebook ads? Hey? The scariest thing is Colette and I were talking about uh, backpack, backpacks a few months ago. I was Googling backpacks on my computer. Next thing you know, in her um, advert feed, backpacks pop up. How does Google know? How does Google know? My point is this. <laughs> if we're not focused, we consider, where are we going? So consider, where do you want to aim? The second thing is to quantify. We're going to sit down and estimate. Have I got what it takes? I mean, I could tell you, man, I'm considering becoming an opera singer. Have you, have you ever watched those, um, those idol shows in the early rounds? Have you ever seen those, those people that turn up and try and sing? I just think, have they not got family or friends? Has no one ever told them that maybe singing's not their thing? Shame. Yeah? So here I am. I'm considered, I've considered, I want to become an opera singer. That's my deal. I'm going to, I don't know, pack this ministry thing in. I'm going to become an opera singer. That's how it's going to work. Yeah? Then I've got to quantify. Have I got what it takes? Now, maybe you, if you've heard me sing, maybe you could hazard a guess, right? Better stick with preaching. Yeah? Sit down and estimate. Have I got the wherewithal, the resources? The second thing is, you, or the third thing is, you figure out the cost. And I love this. How do we know the cost? It's you arrange according to what you value. Who went shopping at Black Friday? One, you guys are much more spiritual than the first meeting is up. <laughs> Can I make a suggestion? It's not too late to send it back. <laughs> For those of us that shopped on Good Friday, I hope it was because you had cash in your pocket. Not just, right? So we arrange in value. When my family, even when, when my kids, when, when we're allocating a certain amount of money, whatever, anything more than like 100 rand, if we're going to make, a, make a, a, an expense of 100 rand or more, because 100 rand is quantifiable, right? We ask ourselves, okay, if I'm going to spend 100 on this thing, what else could I spend 100 on? And let's compare the value of those things. 
Because if it's a significant amount of money, you can only spend it once. So make sure you're getting the best that you can from that money. So you consider what you're going to do. You quantify it. How do I know whether I'm getting closer or further away? The third one is cost. You arrange according to value. Do I value whatever it is enough to embrace the cost? The fourth one is to count. What will it take? What will it take? How do I know whether I'm getting there? If you're going down to the beach for holiday, if you have children, what do they say after five minutes of leaving the house? Dad, are we there yet? Yeah? No sooner do you leave the Ultra City and one of the other kids, I need that bathroom. Yeah? Hey? <laughs> How, you've got to be able to count. This one is complete. To arrive at a preferred destination. To arrive at a preferred destination. You know, there's only two passages in the whole Bible that speak about building a tower. Only two. We've read one of them together. Anyone want to guess at what the other one is? There we go. The Tower of Babel. Where Babylon comes from. Sometimes people say the Tower of Babel because that was the net result. They got confused language. So let's turn there in Genesis eleven fourteen. And Dwayne, you can give us that next slide. Genesis eleven fourteen. So the only other men mention of building a tower is here. Genesis 14. And um, it says here from verse 1, Genesis 14, verse 1, it says the whole world had one language and common speech. As a people, they moved eastward. They found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make. Notice the effort involved. Let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Just think this thing through. Nothing they plan to do. Remember I said, consider, quantify, cost, count, complete. Nothing they plan to do will be impossible. This is God speaking. Verse 7 says, come let us go down, confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. You know what's so interesting? Is that from Genesis 1, God created, uh, uh, God created the earth, and the intention was to fill the earth, to multiply and fill the whole earth. What happens? That man gets thrown out of the Garden of, of, of Eden. They move eastward, which is normally towards exile. And what does mankind do? Instead of filling the earth, they say, let's settle in one place where we can look after each other and be self-sufficient, where we can make a name for ourselves and not have to try, rely on God. It's amazing. So this group of people had a common language. They agreed to a common purpose. Let's build a tower. Let's make a city. They put common effort in. They were willing they were willing to invest, sorry the language there, of energies and resources towards the same goal. So I want to say to you this morning, let's be better off next January. You know, this time of year is an amazing time to reset. If you get to go on 
Some leave, you might have a little bit more time. If you're working, nevertheless, when it comes to the close of one year, we start to think back. We consider what's happened this year. We've liked and not liked. When we look forward, we have the same story. We can plan for the new year. It's a great time to discard our baggage and travel lighter. It's a great time to build some positive momentum for the new year. Joan, will you give us that next slide? And before you do, let me ask, does anyone recognize this? I'm going to join the band next week. I'm going to, Wes is going to love me. This is the guitar for Guitar Hero. And uh, I'll show you a clip about, uh, from it this morning. It's a, it's a PlayStation game. And uh, you notice it's got no strings. You just push buttons and it's one, amazing. So let's have a look at this, uh, at this clip, Dwayne. Make the sound nice and loud. right? If you check out on YouTube, there's like bags of these movies. There's young guys that set their sights on being the best guitar hero, the greatest guitar hero there is. But you know what? I wonder every time I see something like this, can you imagine if he just put that much time and effort into playing a real guitar? I mean, he might even get a job. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we set our sights, we consider things, and then we pour energy and effort into these things and sometimes then we're surprised when we arrive at that destination. We pour concern and fear and anxiety. And then we wonder when we arrive at the destination of anxiousness and unsettledness. We pour energy into fruitless um, pursuits. Now, if you're a guitar hero, God bless you. Um, but we can pour energy. Imagine that guy considered something else, a different tower to build. Just imagine, the, I mean, that's serious skill, right? That's energy and time. You put that much effort into something worthwhile, man, you're going to win, right? You can give us that next slide there, a little bit of fun. So they did a study of 48 colleges uh, in America. John Hopkins University is a very prestigious university. Of the nearly 8,000 people, they said 78% said their first goal was finding purpose and meaning to my life. In the five solas, we said glory to God alone. We said that in general terms, the purpose of every believer's life is to bring glory to God. And you and I each have different skills and a different makeup that we can use to accomplish that. And so this morning, I'm hoping just to maybe rattle our cages a little bit. I'm hoping just to disturb you enough to get you to think you might not like some of my suggestions or even some of my ideas, and that's fine. I'm just asking you to think things through. Because right now, we are poised at an amazing opportunity to sink or swim by the time we get to January. Sink or swim. Remember, January is an expensive month, right? Yeah? There's always normally deposits. If you have kids, it's school fees, and it's uniforms, and and, and, and if, you, if you have a uniform at work, you, it's an expensive time. But
But the problem with January is that it often is a low-income month as well, and it comes after December. So I'm wanting to holler at you this morning, say, wait, be careful. Danger, danger, Christmas is coming. Be very wise. So there's four areas that I would like to suggest. I would expect God would speak to you about some others uh, for yourself, but there are four areas that I'm wanting to ask us. What are we building? What are we building right now? Remember we said, whatever it is, let us consider. Is this valuable enough for me to pour my time and effort into? The second thing we said we need to quantify. How do I know what a little thing is? We said there will be a cost, and am I willing to pay that cost? The, the fifth thing we said, we want to count the cost. And then finally, we want to complete the building. So the first one is this. The first one, I'm asking us, uh, what are we going to build? What are we going to build? So, Dwayne, you can give us that slide. Thank you. The first I want to talk about is money. Because, man, you and I sit poised with our money right now. I would like to suggest to you that maybe now you need to work out your expenses for December and January. Then look at your income expected for December and January. Subtract the one from the other. And that's the amount of money you've got for both Christmas and New Year. We want to be better off next January, right? We want to have less stress in January than we did in this January. Anyone would like that? Anyone found January 2019 stressful? Hopefully less stressful than 2018 because you heard this, me this message a year ago. I, I did. I told you just about a year ago, Colette and I sat down. We did our sums and we realized, man, the numbers were different to what we expected, right? And we committed ourselves. Like, that's what we've got. And God's been good to us. It's been a because of January, this year has been so different for us. I'm hoping next year for us as well. Earlier this year, we ran a course called Financial Peace University, and uh, we had a bunch of guys come, and we had such good feedback. We're going to do it again in February. And so let me say this. The guys are nodding already that have done it. Let me say this. If you haven't done it, come in February. If you have done it, come for a refresher or send a friend. And uh, it's really been helpful. It's changed the way my family does our life. They did a study of over 10,000 millionaires in the States, and they figured out the easiest way to get to become wealthy is to get rid of debt. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> really, like it's profound. You see, because most of us with our money, we're doing too many things at the same time. We're paying off a credit card, and we're buying a house, and we're investing for the future, and we, you know, we've, we're swapping for Christmas. Focused everywhere. It's amazing. Just build one tower at a time. And so I'm just asking you over this time, man, think about your money, because it'll change your January. It really will. Makes no difference to me. <laughs> I'm going to be doing these things myself. I'm asking that we do that. Makes no difference, but you can have peace. You know, one of the, the families that came through Financial Peace University said this, it hasn't just helped my finances, but it's helped my marriage too. <laughs> There's another one that's nodding. I won't tell you who they are. But it's amazing how when you suddenly get on the same page with your bucks, it's like, man, you get on better with your spouse. It's like we're in agreement already. They said we're now on the same page, pursuing the same goals, talking about the same things to be prioritized. Someone else said it's changed our approach to life. 
I don't know about you, but peace in the home is worth gold, right? Hey? <laughs> yeah. Peace with your finances is, man, you can't pay for that stuff. So I want to encourage us this morning to consider, consider our finances. Consider our finances. You know, someone said that interest is the price we pay for impatience. Interest is the price we pay for impatience. I walked into a shop the other day. They wanted to sell me a coffee machine. I said, it's fine. I've got one. My coffee machine I've had for five years. It, it, there's a new model, but it does the same thing. My machine is flying. You know, I saved for two years to do a coffee machine. But paying that coffee machine off over three years would have been very bitter. Right? So here's the deal. Interest is the price we pay of impatience. We commit our future income for today's pleasure. We ask ourselves, can I afford the payments instead of asking ourselves, can I afford the price? You know what happens in January? It's very common for people to buy new cars in January or at least upgrade your car. Hello? Now, I won't ask you to put your hand up because I don't know I can talk freely. I don't know of anyone planning to buy a new car here, so just relax. Can I suggest to you, come January, don't look at the payments for the car you want to buy. Look at the price of the car you want to buy. Can I suggest, just suggest that maybe you need and I need to work towards the next car or the next next car we pay by cash. Maybe this car that you've got now, if it's paid off, it's a great car. I watched a news report in America. They've lengthened the higher purchase on cars to eight years. Do you know why? Because the average income can no longer afford the average sedan. Now, South Africa is seven years. It's not much better. Um, you know, in South Africa, the bank will give you up to 30% of your gross on a bond, a house loan, right? 30% of your gross. They'll also give you 20% of your gross income on your car payment. Can you, do, can you do the math? 30 plus 20 is half of your income. Gross. <laughs> Which means you probably, now let's just stick with it. Let's, that's half of what you earn. Now if you're a Christian, 10% goes to your tithe. You're on 60% and you haven't even paid tax yet. The average income in Centurion is around 30 grand. The average income, now you probably instantly have caused you to stumble one way or the other, just by saying a number. But just stick with me. The average, apparently, the average income is 30 grand. So three grand would go to your tithe, that leaves you with 27. About six grand would go to tax, that leaves you with 21. About six will go to your car if you've taken the 20%. That leaves you, uh, where am I? That leaves you with six. Your house, nine grand, 30%. That leaves you out of 30, it leaves you six to live on. You haven't bought groceries. You haven't put petrol in the car, you haven't paid school fees, you haven't paid for DSTV, you haven't gone to McDonald's yet. Do you understand why it's difficult to trust God with our money? Do you understand why it hurts so much to pay our tithe? Because we are in a pickle. Now just look at that. If you took the car payment out, your, your available income goes from 6 to 12, just like that. I mean, it's, 
It's not rocket science. These 10,000 millionaires, they say, paid off their house in 10 years. Imagine not having a house payment in that budget. You would be a millionaire. You could go to McDonald's every night of the week until you have to go to the doctor. <laughs> All right, so can I encourage us to consider our money? What are we building? Can I encourage us to be asking this question that maybe, maybe you say, Craig, <laughs> Brand new car, that's crazy. You know what a car costs? I do. Maybe you just need to buy one you can afford. Picking fights today, aren't I? All I'm asking is for us to think, I won't mock you for your car at all. I won't. And this is real for my family, because one of these days, what happens if I want to buy a car? <laughs> Someone's going to say, Craig, didn't you preach? I'm not putting heavies. I'm asking us to think things through. Consider the tower that we're building. The best way to become wealthy is what? Get out of debt. Why do I want to become wealthy? So I can be generous. can be a blessing. Maybe over this time we need to be considering less things in debt, more things in cash. What about number two, just before you hate me? Number two is the Bible. You can go to that slide again, that four, those four things, uh, Dwayne. I think it's the next one. There we go. So what will I build? What will I build with my money? What will I build with my Bible? Uh, you give us that next slide. If you are coming into December, this is the time. There's, uh, go to the slide with the version on it. That's it. If you don't have this app on your phone, please get it. It's free. And the cool thing about version, give us that next slide, is it has piles of reading plans. And so you probably can't see this from here, but I frequently save plans that I will read at a later stage. So if something catches my interest, because what happens, you get to the end of this reading plan, you go, ah, oh, I don't really know what I'll read. Maybe next week, next week, next week. So I've got these all set up. Uh, do it with our kids as well. But uh, maybe this holiday is a chance for you to pick up a rhythm. Think it through. Consider. <laughs> maybe it's time to pick up a rhythm in our reading plan. Maybe you've been good in the past, but you've hit... Some potholes, man, this time. Imagine starting January with some wins on the board. So here's the deal. You know, if you read one chapter of Proverbs, every day in a month, you'll have read the whole book of Proverbs. The whole book. If you read one book of Acts, once a day in 28 days, you've read the whole book of Acts. You know, the cool thing is that uh, if you want to read the epistles, you know, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, those books, many of them are between three and six chapters. You can read one chapter a day, and you can read two books in a, in a week. How cool is that? Make you feel like a hero. You see, because sometimes we just need some small victories to get us going. Just some encouragements. When you pay off a small debt, you feel like a winner. You think, I can do this. When you get some small victories with our, with our Bibles, so encouraging. The third thing I want to ask, how are we building, is what about the call of God? Can you go back? Oh, go to the next slide there, Dwayne. Um, there we go. So we've spoken about money, Bible. What about our call? What about our call? Now, you might say, oh, Craig, I'm not called. It's the call of God is for spiritual people. It's not. It's for all of us. Uh, Psalm 139, it says, you've searched me, Lord. You know me. You're familiar with all my ways. Every day ordained for me was written in your book before one of them came to being. You might say, Craig, how do I, how do I figure out the call of God? You said, big picture, bring glory to God. Great. Now, what does that mean? Four little questions will help you. The first is this. Ask yourself, what can only I do in this life? 
What can only I do in this life? Do you know? I'm just telling you. No one else in this world can be Colette's husband. That's my job, right? You can't even be a good husband for her. You can't be a better husband to help me. That's my job. No one else can be a father to my two kids. There's certain things in this world that only I can do and only you can do. Only you have that cousin or that brother or that colleague. Only you sits in that desk every day of the week. What is it that only you can do? The second thing is, what is it that only you can do in this season? Not the time for Andre to be teaching her how to drive the car yet. Yeah, she can't. Can she crawl? Almost. She can crawl. <laughs> Milestone. Yeah? You understand there's a season. So what is it that only you can do in this season? The third thing is what, is what is it that only I can do in another? There's certain contacts that you have that no one else has. There's certain opportunities that only you will have with someone else that someone else won't, won't have. So what is it that you can do in another? And the last one is, what is it that Jesus has asked me to do? I'm hoping, man, this time we can be better off next January. Just because I've looked at the mount, the, 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 the wall, the tower that is my money, the tower that is my Bible, the tower is the call of God on my life. And the last one is serving. Serving. You know, the Bible is full of fruits. Galatians chapter 5 speaks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, patience, kindness, you know the drill. It's like if a Christian follows Jesus, fruit should come out of our life. The, the, uh, we read about the farmer who went out to sow, and it says where he sowed good seed and fell in good ground, what happened? He reaped a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 fold. I would like you to consider, what am I building in the area of service? It's so cool. We're having a, a volunteer's thank you lunch today. There's going to be all sorts of brying and stuff. You know, there's nearly 100 people we're thanking that have served this year. Oh, amazing. But my point is this. Would you consider where you will serve? Where will you sow and reap from next year? Where will you serve? It might be here inside of the kind of Meetings of Grace Cup, it might be outside doing other things. You heard Sabello talk about, I'd wake up at a stupid hour and pray with some friends. That's an amazing service, right? Some will be inside of church, some will be outside of church, but I'm asking, where will we serve? Consider where I need to serve. We've got all sorts of new um, adventures planned for the new year here at Grace Cup, all sorts of new endeavors and, and new people doing new things, but it will take some people to serve. It'll take some more lounges that we can have life groups in. It'll take some more lifts for the teenagers to get where we want to send them. It'll take some meals. It'll take some cakes. It'll take some beds and spare rooms. It'll take some caring. The other point is that church can be very satisfactionless. If the pinnacle of my Sunday is going somewhere and sitting on a chair, you know, when it's up to you, there's a thrill, <laughs> there's a panic. But there's such um, satisfaction. When you know that unless God comes through, I stand no chance. Man, that's when church, that's when here, takes off. That's when Christianity, wherever I am, takes off. Because I've got skin in the game. If you were here last week, you heard Richard saying, such a privilege to be a preacher. But at the same time, the lead up to the preaching, you get tested every time. Now, when you, when this is your life on the line, it's make or break. I want to invite you 
to actually make a contribution somewhere in this life. So that when you say, man, I was part of that. So I'm asking us this morning, what will we build? What will we build? You can build anything you want to, but for goodness sakes, build something. I've given you four ideas. Build with your money, build with your Bible, build with your call, build with your service. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit will speak to you many other ways as well. There might be other priorities. Maybe these are good, and then you want to add some others. But you can set up now. Don't hit a pot all over Christmas. You can set up now so that January comes around. You say, man, yes, I was good last January, but I'm better this January, and next January will be even better. Let's pray together. Father, man, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be very wise with those things that we value. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to consider those things that you're putting in front of us. We've looked at some examples. I think there are many, Lord. And I pray that you, God, would talk to your people about what it is we should build. What's the, we don't want to do a half job. We want to start well but not finish. Jesus, we want to have the satisfaction, the encouragement of getting some wins, some runs on the board that will encourage us to take on even more. I pray in Jesus' name. Father, for those of us that have somehow got out of your word, help us to get back in with regularity. Father, for those of us that are not sure what we should do, God, have you called me that we would hear your voice saying, this is what you can do. Those of us, Lord, that, that would really love to serve but just not quite sure, I pray you'd show us, Lord, where we can make a difference. Father, for those of us with our money, this money thing can actually distract us so easily. I pray, God, that you'd help us to consider wisely. Help, help, help us, Lord, to trust you and to put you first. And then, Lord, even as we pray, Jesus, I think you're placing into people's hearts whatever the priority for them is. And I would pray for each one of us, Lord, we would respond well to those things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. There's some tea and coffee in the courtyard, something cool to drink as well. Have a great week. If you're one of the volunteers, we'll see you at 1 o'clock.